Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome everyone. This is your Freedom Coach, Don Scott Damon, and you're listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. Hey, do you ever feel like you just have a sense that something great is about to happen? That's kind of how I'm feeling. There is such an anticipation and an excitement in my spirit because I believe that God is about to do something great. There's just seasons and moments in time where you can sense the moving of the Holy Spirit. And I really believe the Holy Spirit is moving in this hour to empower and equip women specifically to go forth with his word. I think it's time for us to start seeing miracles again, that God wants to use an army of women. He wants to use anyone who is humble before him and willing and submitted. But specifically, I really feel like we're in a time where God is going to raise up his secret weapon, if you will. Women of God who love him are called by him, and he's going to do powerful things through them, for them, to them, and in them. And I want to know if you're a candidate for that. Are you someone that God can use? Are you believing God for great things? Well, I was thinking about this the other day, and I am reminded of a scripture in Joshua where Joshua says they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They're getting ready to take new territory. And one of the things that they have to deal with is the shame of their life. You know, Israel had been God's chosen and promised people. They had uh, unique blessings and benefits and wonderful things that God did for them. And then they ended up in Egypt, as you know, and they became slaves. And instead of being God's chosen people who were being taken care of, they were now taking care of others and waiting hand and foot without pay and without any provision and blessing. So they ended up being so ashamed before God. They were so embarrassed about what they had become. And, you know, sometimes I think that's true in our life. We start out in our life feeling so blessed. God's done great things for us. Maybe we had a good education or we had a loving home. And maybe we didn't, but we feel like, you know, there are times where we look to our Savior and we say, I'm so embarrassed, God. I feel so ashamed of what I've done or what I haven't done. But this is the condition that Israel was in. And Joshua, as their leader, says to them in Joshua 5, 9, listen, you guys, God says he's going to roll away the reproach. He is going to lift shame off of you, basically. He is going to roll away that scorn, that shame, that embarrassment, that reproach. And instead, he is going to make you the head. You're not going to be the tail any longer. You are going to shine for God. And it's interesting to me that this happened right before they went to the promised land. Think about that just for a minute. Before you can get to your promised land, before God can do the great things through you that he wants to do, God's got to lift the shame off of your life. You know, shame will reduce your potential. Shame will shut you down, and it will ensure that you won't go any further. If you carry shame and embarrassment and ridicule and scorn and feelings of being ashamed, you will never rise above that. You'll never reach for more because the very fact that you feel ashamed is the 
uh, assurance that you'll stay in that pit or stay in that prison, stay in that place of bondage. God wants to roll the shame off of you so you can take your stand and claim your promises and go into the promised land. So that's what God's doing, I think, in this hour. He's calling women, and he's saying, okay, let's look honestly at your life. Let's look at where you've been. Let's look at where you are, and let's talk about where you're going. I want to heal your past. I want to take the shame off of you. I want to take fear off of you, and I want to heal your past so that we can move forward. And in order to do that, we have to stop in the present, take a moment, and look backwards. We're not going to stay there. We're not going to live there, but we're going to visit. We're going to let God show us some things about our own life that we've been ignoring. So let me ask you a question. What do you think is going to go away? What is it that you think is going to stay hidden if you choose not to look at it? What do you think you could sweep under the rug that will stay under the rug if you choose to pretend or deny or ignore that it exists? And to that I would answer there's nothing that will stay hidden. It will creep up some way, somehow. Have you ever played that game at Showbiz Pizza or um, Chuck E. Cheese, I guess they call it now? What is it? Whack-a-mole. And if you remember the game, this was that crazy little guy that would stick his head up and you'd whack him. And then he'd pop up out of another hole and you'd whack him. And it started out slow. And it gave you the feeling that you were doing very well and that you were succeeding in killing these moles. But eventually they came up one, two, three, four, five at a time, and they were moving faster and faster and faster. That's what life can be like when we try to hide from our stuff. You think you're handling one thing and something else pops up. And then you whack that and you think you've got that and something else pops up. And the thing that you thought you had victory over before, that area, that habit or that hurt or that hang-up, that you thought you had victory over and that you were doing pretty well in, pretty soon it'll crop up again. That's because we can't hide stuff. You can't stuff the stuff you're going through. We have to process honestly and look at our past. So I believe that God is about to do powerful things. I really believe that God is calling an army of women and that he's grouping us together to send us out, that we can change the world. And, you know, we can change the world one life at a time. It doesn't have to be some daunting, overwhelming task. But it starts probably by letting God change us. It starts by allowing our life to come under the lordship of Jesus and yield to him and being willing to look at some of the things that have tripped tripped us up in the past. It's funny that I would trip over my word right when I'm saying the word trip. But the things that trip us up and the things that have caught us, you know, we can just succeed so far and then pretty soon we'll begin to sabotage our success because we're afraid of it. We're not equipped to go there. We can't handle the weight that success brings or that victory brings. People, the influence that you have, more of those will reach for you and want to draw from you and ask for you to mentor them or speak to them or pray for them or whatever it is. If our lives aren't fully surrendered to Jesus and he's working in us, we'll we'll be crushed under that, that pressure. So... I believe that God wants to take us and he wants to do something in our lives. So Joshua is with this group of Israelites and they're getting ready to go and possess their promised land. And he says to them, this day, God is rolling away the reproach. In fact, God says that I'm going to roll away the reproach of your life. Now, I want you to get the picture. I want you to think of the dream of your life, what you believe God has called you to do and what 
what the Lord has wired you to do. You're the perfect size, the perfect weight, you're the perfect age, you were born at the perfect time, not just the, the time of day or the time of month, but you were born in this century at this time for this hour. You have the exact right gender. You have everything that you need. You have the right mind and the quick wit and the DNA that God wants you to have for something he wants you to do. So now I want you to see the dream that God has put in your heart, his dream for your life. What is that thing that God wants to do? And then see what is it that holds you back. Is it fear? Is it lack of resources? Is it lack of know-how? Or is there shame involved? Is it that you feel unworthy or inadequate or you don't know what to do and you don't know where to begin and you're embarrassed to reach out and tell someone? You're embarrassed to put yourself in that arena. Well, God wants to remove the reproach and the shame off of you so you can pursue and get into your promised land. That's what he's destined you for, to live there. So I believe that the Lord is saying to you, Behold, I make all things new. Now don't think about the past. Don't let it define you. Why are we being defined by our past? We shouldn't be. You're not what you've been through. You're not what you've experienced. You are who God says you are. Perhaps you remember the story that I've told about that before, but I remember a time in my life where I was really living like I was, not who God said I was, but I was living like I was who people said I was. I was living like I was who... Life had told me I was, my experiences, my my painful, shameful experiences at that. I was living like that's who I was. I had a teacher that negatively labeled me, and it really hurt my feelings. And I was living like I was who she said I was. And with all due respect, and I do mean this respectfully, but you don't know me, lady. You don't know my destiny. You didn't call me. You didn't create me. You didn't produce me or wire me or program me, you haven't breathed life into me, and you don't get to determine my future. So why was I letting her rent space or basically live there for free in my brain, allowing me to do or to become what she had said over my life? So I was living like everybody else said I was, who I was. And God had to show me that He had not purposed for me to live small. Um, He hasn't purposed you to live small. He hasn't purposed any one of us to live small. And so I said, well, God, you know, I just believe because I've been through this and I've been through that that I'm disqualified. And I remember God speaking to me, did I disqualify you? Did I say that about you? What have I spoken to you? And that's where I learned I am who he says I am. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can be who God calls me to be. I have what God says I have. I boldly confess that I'll not miss my destiny. I'll not be ripped off by the enemy. I won't miss one inch of it, but I have what God says I have. I mean, just think about that. Isn't it powerful that before you took one breath, God knew exactly who you would be and what he would use you for, and he wants you to believe that and take his word at it. And if it sounds ridiculous and like a miracle, well, praise God. Remember, I started off by saying I believe God wants to do miracles, first of all, in us and for us and then through us for a hurting and dying world around us. You know, I want to remind you that wherever you are in your life and whatever's going on, it's just a season in your life. 
And certainly we know that seasons are certain. Okay, they are going to happen. They're for sure. But they're not final. They're not the end of it. God determines the end of a thing. And he said the end will be better than the beginning. That's his word to us. The latter shall be greater than the former. So when you think about your life, can you claim the promise of Romans eight twenty eight? That really is a beautiful scripture. I know we use it sometimes as Christians kind of tritely. That scripture says, For I know all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And that's you. You are called according to his purpose. You haven't been called to live your life. You haven't been called to live your dream. You haven't been called to live somebody else's life or to or to determine what somebody else's dream should be to control someone else. You've been called to live the life God wants you to live and to live the dream that he has for your life. And when you do that, he says, whatever you go through, hey, I may not have authored it. He may not be the one who designed it. Sometimes the enemy designs traps and schemes and our own selfish will or we're hurt because of someone else. But God says, I will use it. You know, he's not up in heaven and scratching his head saying, oh, no, what am I going to do now? Boy, I sure didn't see that thing coming. No, God doesn't do that. He says, I am going to use this for your life. And the scripture says that he'll work all things together. Now, now let's think about that for a moment. He'll work things together. That That's a term that's almost like a, a cooking term or an ingredient, a recipe term, where he says, I'm going to work it together. I'm going to fold it in together to make your life beautiful. Have you uh, ever made cookies or some kind of recipe where the ingredients alone by themselves wouldn't taste very good but when you mix them all together they create a beautiful thing like let's we're making a cake for example and when i put that uh, three cups of flour in a cake i think how is this flour ever going to taste good but then you put in the baking powder or the baking soda or the vanilla and the sugar any one of those ingredients on their own would be just okay But when you put them all together and you add the water and you make a beautiful cake, you bake it, it tastes delicious. You think, wow, this is so good. Well, what if I told you that, you know, divorce by itself, well, that doesn't taste very good, does it? Sexual abuse by itself, that doesn't taste good. Bankruptcy or, or infidelity or sickness, chronic illness, that does not taste very good by itself. But what if those things were combined with incredible measures of God's love, breakthrough, victory, healing, testimony, a fresh marriage, a a child that is born, beautiful life, mixed all together, you look back and you say, you know what, God did an amazing, beautiful thing out of my life, and that is his promise. That most definitely is his promise to you. God says, I will work it all together for your good. Ecclesiastes says, God does everything beautiful, and all things are beautiful in his time. So if you look around at your life right now and it doesn't seem very beautiful, you're in a season. You're in one of those seasons. You're in one of those unattractive seasons. I like to think of it as a winter because I don't like winter. I don't know about you. I'm 
I'm not a snow person. I'm not an outdoors person as it, as it relates to snow sports. I don't ski and I don't toboggan or um, what do they call it, um, um, snowboarding. I do the hot tub. That's that's my sport. That's what I do. I, I hot tub in the winter, but the winter nights, they're dark. They're cold. You don't think spring is ever coming. You don't feel like the buds are ever going to show up on the trees. You know what that feels like. Well, in life, the winter season is certain. It's going to happen, but it is not final. And I will promise you this. It will be spring again in your life. God will use it. He'll make something beautiful out of whatever season you're in. And if you're in one of those painful seasons right now, don't judge the world. Don't judge your life based on this season. Wait on God and trust God because he knows what he's doing. Trust him and he will bring you through. You can bank on that. God is so very faithful and he will not fail you. In fact, I like to say there's a couple of things that God cannot do. God cannot lie, and he cannot fail you. He is faithful. So I think that this is the time to say, okay, God, here I am. I believe that you want to roll away the shame of my life. Take it off of me. I don't want to be defined anymore by this. And stop defining yourself by it. Sometimes we don't have to even think about what others are doing because we're so busy critiquing and criticizing and badgering and judging and hating and self-rejecting our own self. Stop with the self-contempt. In fact, we really sometimes just need to fall before God and say, God, I repent that I am talking about myself in such a harsh way. I repent, God. I need to forgive myself It's so easy to forgive someone else for what they've done for me. I I can release that mercy, but I can't forgive myself. I'm harder on myself. My sister, that should not be. I understand it because I've been there and I've done that. But I know that in order for you to get into your promised land, you have to forgive yourself and let God remove this identity, this shame-based nature off of you. Are you ready for that? It's time to go forward. It's time to claim your promise. It's time to say, you know what? I have lived in bondage long enough, and I've circled this desert long enough. I've been in the same place. I've been going around this same mountain over and over again, and I am ready to be done with it. Now the Bible says, look, the former things have taken place, but now new things Bring up, And I declare them to you right now. Can you grasp it? Will you perceive it? Do you believe it? Do you understand that God is an amazing God who is always at work on your behalf? And he will take whatever you've been through, the painful, the awful, the death of a dream, the death of a vision, the death of a loved one, the death of a joy and a hope and a desire. He'll take it all. And God will breathe new life into you, give you a fresh beginning. He says, now it it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Now it comes forth. Take it. Grab it. I'm going to grab my dream. How about you? I want God to fulfill his purpose for my life. So let him roll away that reproach and trust him. There's another ingredient coming. Don't look at your life right now where you're at and say, ugh, this doesn't taste good. I don't like that. You know what? Hang on. 
Hang on, there's another ingredient coming. Amen. Now, before we close, I want to encourage you with these words. I want to give you a challenge. I'd like you to think about the words that you use to describe yourself. We talked just a moment ago about self-rejection and self-contempt, and that would express itself in uh, the words that you use about yourself. Have you ever done something kind of silly or foolish and you open your mouth and you say, ah, oh, you idiot, you stupid, knock it off, get yourself together. You, you're so unattractive, you're ugly, you're so fat, you're so short, you're so tall. Does any of that sound familiar to you? Have you used those words? Have you been negative to yourself like that? Well, I want you to stop it. (laughs) How's that? Just stop with the negative words about yourself. And any time that you start to feel that coming up or out of your mouth, I want you to say, you know what? Whoops. My freedom coach told me to stop that and instead to replace it with a blessing. I'm going to bless myself. That's right. If you hate yourself, you still have to obey God's word. God says, bless your enemies. Bless and do not curse. So if you're at war with your own self and you feel like you are your own worst enemy, I want you to begin to bless yourself. You can do it. You are awesome. You are loved. I love you. I care for you. I believe in you. You look beautiful today. Good morning, you good-looking thing. I can't wait to see how you succeed today. I know you're going to prosper. On and on it goes. You are the one that God loves. You are the chosen one. You are the one that God wants to bless with favor and use for his glory. You are capable, and you're lovable, and you're worthy, and you're forgivable. You can be forgiven. If the whole world can be forgiven, you can be forgiven. No one's a worse sinner and no one's a better sinner than we are. There's no sin too great and no small sin that God can't forgive. In other words, it's all taken care of by the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. You are forgivable. You are well able. When they did, the Israelites did go in and take the promised land, Joshua and Caleb repeated what they said so many years earlier. We are well able. We are capable. We certainly can do it. And Caleb said, I'm as young today as I was 40 years ago. Give me my promise. Give me my inheritance. Give me my purpose and let me flourish in the land that God is destined for me to have. Well, God is destined for you to be in a wide open space, in a good space, in a good land. God wants you to have the greatest and the best, all that he has prepared for you to have, and not to lose it or allow it to be squandered because of something that the enemy does in your life. Amen. So I challenge you this week, girls, freedom, girls, sisterhood, that you're going to speak words of life to yourself and over yourself and for yourself. And I'll tell you to watch what happens as you begin to renew your mind with the Word of God. When you apply God's principles to your life, they always work. So what are we saying today? We're saying, God, roll away the shame of my life. Let me have my future. Remove the embarrassment and the feelings of scorn and shame that I struggle with and bring me into my promised land. And God, bring the next ingredient. 
stir it all together and make something beautiful out of my life because I believe that you can and you are and you you will. And Father God, give me words of life as I choose to speak over myself life and healing and health and wholeness. I choose you and I choose your word. Amen. So let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, you've heard tonight our proclamation. You've heard us speak these words by faith, believing that we are going to break out of the shell of the old place and the old person. And we're going to be new. And we're going to put on a brand new mind. The mind that is created to be like Jesus Christ. And we're going to think powerful, uplifting, biblical thoughts that are going to bring us the breakthrough. We're not going to break down. We're going to overcome and break through. Jesus, I thank you today for every woman listening that this day the enemy is under our feet, her feet, and that this day, Lord God, the spring is on its way, that the season of winter comes to an end. This day, and I decree that she'll never again face this darkness, but that God, you'll give her the ability and the healing and the freedom and the release she needs to walk it out, overcome it, and live a victorious life. I thank you for that, God. I praise you, and I believe you've heard us. And when I know that you've heard us, I know I have what I asked for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, God bless you, sisters. I pray that you got something out of the broadcast tonight. And I want to remind you, always choose God's freedom. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord indeed. And I want to remind you that you are the top, not the bottom. You are an overcomer, and you're coming out in Jesus' name. This is Don Scott Damon, your freedom coach, saying God bless you, and we will see you next week. And hey, don't forget to go to my website, DonScottDamon.com. Again, that's DonScottDamon.com. Or Freedom Girl Sisterhood, all one word with just one S, FreedomGirlSisterhood.com. Drop me a line. I can't wait to hear from you. Have a great week and keep the freedom.